And welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles this weekly, meh. This podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is February 24th, 2020. This is episode 284. My name is Scott Magnus. And this is Jake English. On this week's show, we'll check in on spring training and uh, figure out what's actually going on important down there in Sarasota. Mm, okay. I think we'll also, I don't know, figure out ways to kill time at the airport or maybe just uh, entertain our children. Yeah. And we'll do that right after we lubricate for the show. It's time for the drink of the week. Jake, what are you imbibing on this week? Oh, Scotty, many things. I am finishing off the hodgepodge of beers left over from a annual poker game at my dad's. He's been playing poker with these same, and I, I will say gentlemen, mm-hmm. um, for about, I think this is year 44. Okay. Somehow I got roped into this game. Um, they've slowed down a little bit on the on the boozing, which means that I get to take home some of the dregs yeah uh so this evening i am finishing off a rolling rock of questionable date sure and it tastes as you would expect a rolling rock of questionable taste uh, date to do in 40 plus years um what do you believe your son is going to be trash talking you for it might be this rolling rock uh, I believe your son will be trash talking you for again playing another game of diplomacy. <laughs> that is more likely via mail, <laughs> and uh, for still doing this podcast, which again potentially still is likely. Uh, Jake, I'm doing a fine orange beverage over here. I'm doing a Gatorade orange. Uh, is that the drunk Gary Thorne? Uh, no, this is just Gatorade orange. I just want the sodium potassium pump to be uh, fully in action tonight while we get back in the swig of things. You know. I'm in the best shape of my life, uh, and I don't want uh, beer uh, pulling me down into it. So I, I'm drinking Gatorade to stay hydrated, stay you know refreshed, and uh, get us through this very, very long episode of Bird's Eye View coming to our listeners. You know, you, you do look good in the running shorts and t-shirt. Uh, trust me, I've had to shave a lot over this winter. A lot. I feel like there's nowhere else to go. Um, this is about the time where we start telling folks that we just don't care about the medical wing, but I don't know, it might happen again soon. Yeah, you know, we might cover something in it, um, but so far, nothing too significant. Um, there was the Alex Cobb being kind of dizzy situation, but like I said, let's let let's think the things play out over the next few weeks, and then maybe we'll reintroduce some doc mix stuff and says it i'm just looking for a picture that we can tell the difference between dizzy and not dizzy absolutely so let's go to 280 characters or less this week on the twitters let's start with a tweet oh there are plenty of them let's grab one from john mioli who of course tweets at john mioli adley rutchman's second at bat after flying out to medium well left field from the right side earlier was a number to the catcher from the left side for the first out of the eighth Hashtag Orioles. Now, listen, Scott, I'm not going to give Adley Rutschman his own hashtag just yet, but this is becoming the Adley Rutschman watch. We are we are starting to obsess, and I'm here for it. Jake, something magic happens every time you go. Yeah, but who makes the magic happen? Well, apparently the Orioles do. Oh. Um, this tweet came from Candom Chat. Um, watching the game today... Uh, the Orioles just had a walk-off spring training loss on a ground ball that ricocheted off the pitcher, who still had a chance to get the batter, except the first baseman wasn't covering first base. Then the first baseman got the ball, threw behind the runner at third base, and, um, well, they threw it away, so the runner walked home. 
Scotty, we are a little rusty. Because if we had been in the best shape of our lives, the Benny Hill theme would be playing underneath that. There's no question. Holy smokes. That is um, that is an exciting play that you just described. I still feel like this is more of a scenario where Brandon Hodge is like, hey, guys. <laughs> hidden ball trick, except it goes really poorly. I think this is more like, hey, everyone involved in that play, don't Let's, come back yeah. tomorrow. Let's just wrap this up, okay? <laughs> All right, our next tweet. Our next tweet is an interesting one, Scotty, and I want to talk a little bit about this. Uh, this comes from Tim Anderson, who tweets at Timmy Wade nine four. For most of the season at Camden Yards this year, a large chunk of the upper deck will be closed and not available to be purchased. The other remaining upper deck tickets, uh, as of now, are not discounted, meaning about a thirty three and a thirty three percent price increase. For the cheapest tickets. And then there was a, a screen grab of uh, Ticketmaster or whatever it is now. Uh, with with uh, sections like left field upper reserve and the uh, very uh, extremity of the right field seats near the, the warehouse uh, in the upper deck grayed out. First and foremost, Scotty, are you ready for the giant tarp that says Orioles to cover uh, large sections of the stadium? Yeah, sure. Why not? What for? Is this a is this a deal? Do we care about this? I'll be interested to see what games they kind of open up those sections for or not. But in in reality, I don't think it's that significant of a deal. Um, I, but it'll just be interesting um, to take a look at. But it's I don't think it's that significant. I think the bigger um, kind of news of this is just you know not just the sections being closed off, but also the concession stands completely being wiped down that area too. Um, the one thing that I makes me think about from the left field standpoint would be um, the bullpen, uh, not the bullpen, the um, kids dugout club mm-hmm. um, that used to always be open in left field, upper reserve. Um, that was a great area to go get a cheap $1 hot dog on those days. Um, I'm assuming those are going to get opened up for kids dugout days. Somewhere. 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 I would, I, we'll see whatever it is. So Yeah. I, I think that what the cheapest ticket in the park used to be what? 15 bucks. No, it's cheaper than that. Um, I think this, twelve. I think this year it's fifteen bucks. So it'll be interesting to see what is the cheapest ticket. Wait, did we really did we really pay fifteen dollars for tickets this year? Uh, I mean, I, I might have to explain that to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what the cheapest ticket is and where that is now. Um, you know, I, I I I'm not ready to light the torch and grab the pitchfork. This isn't that big a deal. It is interesting. It, it means that they have to employ. Uh, fewer concession stand workers and ushers and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so I, I think it's it's a time savings and you know for for cleaning up the park for seats that were going to be mostly empty anyway. Okay, fair fair point. Uh, next week uh, comes from oh Mass and Orioles. They are a consummate professional um, and obviously uh, um, you know just this is the kind of behavior that I'm looking for. Uh, Rockabout Co treated that Richard Arena cleared waivers. Was outrighted. He invited to camp, and uh, the roster is now at 69 players. They proceeded to tweet, nice. Jake, I, lo- I, I love that. I, I think I know this reference. I think I know this reference. Can Can you explain it to me when I'm older? Um, No. No. I can't. All right. Yeah. Um, I think it's hilarious that came directly from Mass and Orioles. Yikes. Um. Yeah, I'm over the whole nice thing after mentioning 69. Uh, our next tweet, Scotty, our next tweet has not only video 
There's audio, but it doesn't really matter. Um, this is a tweet from from Giraffe Neck Mark. Like you do. At Giraffe Neck Mark. I bet the ladies like that. It is a it is a video of uh, a ballpark attendant stealing signs. I mean, uh, confiscating signs at the Nationals Astros uh, spring training game. Apparently, they didn't take kindly to the Astros asterisks posters. And so those signs were indeed stolen. Stolen. Dude, sometimes these jokes <laughs> just write themselves. Yeah. All right. Last tweet comes from Matt Kremnitzer, um, one of our favorites. Um, you can follow him at Matt Kremnitzer. I want to like Dwight Smith Jr.'s, but he's just so brutal in the outfield. You know, I find myself saying things like that a lot. And rather than go into that, let's let's put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Let's come back to this later. Just like Dwight Smith's defense. Just put a pin in it. All right. Well, let's get a feel for what's going on so far in spring training. There's been some ups. There's been some changes. There's been some things that we really shouldn't care about. But that's why you came here to Bird's Eye View, is to hear about the things that you don't really care about for the next 30 minutes. So let's dive into it as we speak. Scott, it's here. Spring training is upon us. Congratulations, Jake. You made we it again. We made it. Yeah. We made it again. And, and, you know, all jokes aside. This is always a challenge for you. It really is. Uh, all jokes aside, a day where there is. For a man that should be used to dry spells, you just always have an issue with this one. I, I don't understand that joke. Can you explain it to me when I'm older? Absolutely. Every day when there is uh, something related to baseball to talk about, to think about, is better than day where that isn't true. I try to remind myself of that during uh, the season when everything is awful all the time. Uh, but I mean it this time. We get to talk about the Orioles. This is a good thing. A, a, a good thing, TM. But look, spring training. There's just been a couple of games. You know, the, the news is is dribbling out. I'm delighted that we were able to see real games because I was getting really tired of obsessing over, you know, when did Chris Davis show up? How did Chris Davis show up? Will Chris Davis disappoint us a little bit or a lot this season? Like, come on, guys. We all know how this is going to end. Let's talk about something else. So, Scotty, let's talk about something else. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, I'm super excited about. Uh, the Orioles have announced uh, some changes to their broadcast team on both the radio side and the television side. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I think my preferences have been made pretty clear. A um, couple of reassignments. Uh, Jim Hunter will not call games on the radio this season. And he and Tom Davis, who uh, previously hosted the uh, the pre- and post-game show on Masson, have been reassigned to other on-air uh, responsibilities. So we'll see what that looks like. So just for Jim Hunter, this has to be a major blow. Um, I mean, an individual that um, basically made a career out of wanting to be on the radio and, you know, the opportunity literally fell into his lap last year of being able to call the games. And within one year, in essence, the Orioles have kind of yanked that away and in essence given it to Kevin Brown and said, lead on. 
and not mention that too, but also gone and said, we're also going to take you away from Masson and we're going to bring in someone new. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised is the best way to put it that the Orioles made this dresser move. Um, I'm just shocked is the best way to put it. New sheriff in town. That that's pro- that could possibly it. We're just not a, your father's yeah, orders. And that might be it. But it's just very surprising to me to see it happen because um I am certainly not a Jim Hunter fan um as it comes to watching the games or listening to the games. But man oh man, um wow. That's it was it was surprising to me when that was announced. Yeah, dude dude loves the Orioles and and again from a human side, you're 100% right. This that that sucks for him. It sucks for him. But on a baseball side, I don't hate that. Yeah, so you know Questions would be, um, uh, are the Catholic Charities of Baltimore still going to be sponsors for the Orioles? It's a good question. Or are we going to get uh, all the the traditional Tom Davis advertisements in uh, on, on Masson? Oh. He's been having those same, those same sponsors since his WQSR days. That's a good point. So, like, are we going to get a matter where like, on Masson they're going to do a Mars ad reading <laughs> after the game? So instead of us going to rodeo... We're going to basically go to the Mars ad reading for 30 minutes. That's and right. you know what? It'll probably be pretty popular. Where's Kitty Girling going to advertise, right. advertise from here on out? All right. So uh, Jim Hunter out. Um, so you mentioned Kevin Brown. You and I talked about this a lot last season, how we felt about Kevin Brown. I think the final decision was we we were fans by the end. Yeah. Um, I thought Kevin Brown actually did a really nice job. I think he started to create his persona, as it were. Um, and I think he did a really good job of, in essence, telling the game, but at the same time playing into that storytelling aspect with an individual that none of us were familiar with when he began the season, which yeah. makes it very awkward. Um, and again, he even didn't do that many games as well. Um, I think he only did, what, 50, 60 games. So again, this was a brief um, appearance in terms of what it was going to look like going forward. By the end of the, the season, I really felt like when I listened to the radio and he was on that you know he was a, he was a professional he he was great at the call but i also felt from a personality standpoint that he really came across as oh gosh here it goes again guys we're in this together yeah right uh which i really which i really appreciated so we're gonna see uh more of kevin brown not only on the radio he's gonna do some stuff on the mass yeah side, which I, I think is is interesting um, he's going to be joined in the booth by one familiar voice and one unfamiliar voice. The uh, familiar voice, you should remember, as a former Bird's Eye View guest. And if you are a, a fan of Cowboy Monkey Rodeo. And who isn't? You know exactly who we're talking about. No, this is Jeff Arnold from, uh, formerly, of uh, the, the Keys. He's done the play-by-play for them. He, I think he was their PR director. Yep. Super cool thing about this is that he knows a lot of the the guys that will be coming up this year and the next few years not like oh he had to go do his homework to figure out who these players are but knows these guys their baseball and their stories i think that would be a really nice addition to the broadcast I agree um does a really good job with kind of you know understanding the stories understanding the issues of kind of coming up through the trenches and um again has those connections as it were through the Orioles organization so again if we're looking for someone to replace the jim hunter-esque individual in terms of rah rah um, I think he could potentially be that, but still also spin in a certain way if, if people are not delivering to their full expectation. Sure. Also in the booth is going to be Melanie Newman, who I believe was hired from Pawtucket or Pawtucket. somewhere yep. like that. But she was the head of an all-female broadcast uh, uh, crew. And so, you know, just like we talked about with Sarah Perlman, I would love for women to be involved in baseball and have meaningful roles. Did you say broadcast? 
Did you just call her broad? Really? No, I called her a caster. Different, okay. Different. Um, so I'm delighted to see that she'll have a, a real, uh, you know, radio role. And I hope that, that we get to hear a lot from her. Uh, it'll be nice to, to get to know her as well. Someone we don't have to get to know, uh, Scott Garceau will be, uh, calling some games. He had the, uh, he had the Masson debut this season. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I know that he did it forever. Like, you know, back when the Orioles won the early eighties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess he went into 88 as well because i think he called the zero and 21 beautiful uh season as well you know i uh i watched that first game i thought it was i thought it was up or down maybe you know it's just the first one a little bumpy i'm sure he'll be he's a pro it'll be better yeah i thought it was very generic mm-hmm. um and i'm a little concerned about that um but we'll, we'll see what happens you know the thing is that we we know him right and and folks that listen to his radio show you know have a much deeper connection. He doesn't have to do what Kevin Brown did. Sure. You know, introduce himself again. Right. Um, and you know, maybe it's just, he needs to, to learn the color guys and, you know, build more of a rapport. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, and then yeah. the other aspect would be, you know, when they announced the whole new broadcasting career, there's like 20 people on there and it's a cavalcade of color commentary. We got to see Brian Roberts mm-hmm. on Sunday uh, we got to see Ben McDonald on Sunday. Yep. So it certainly looks like the Orioles are, in essence, going to rotate and recycle uh, a bunch of kind of former players, as it were, to serve as that color commentary going forward. So yeah. that'll be interesting. Um, it certainly looks like they're going to leverage that as much as possible on a regional basis. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Anything else uh, that we can milk out of the broadcast situation? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, one last thing. They're clearly spending all the money now while they've got it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Uh, next, let's talk about a, a quick note that I saw come out. The Orioles are going to play the Mets at the Naval Academy on the 24th of March, right before the season starts. Uh, that's super cool, I think. The tickets are mostly going to go to the mids and a couple of members of the Navy, but select tickets will be available for Birdland uh, members or season ticket holders or whatever we're calling them. So, Jake, if you were offered tickets to the March 24th game, would you go to the Naval Academy and watch the Orioles and Mets play? Well, I'm already taking off some work that Thursday. Are so you? I don't know. Maybe. If, if In a perfect world, yeah. I think that would be a super cool opportunity. Okay. Just just curious. I, that stadium has to be more intimate than Camden Yards, right? What do, what do uh, we st- I think there might be more people at the Naval Academy than a typical Orioles game. No, no, no. I, I mean the facility. Like one of the things we say about about uh, Sarasota and like oh, yeah. going down to spring training is that it's intimate, right? Like you're right on top of them. You get to feel more involved. I'll bet you— Do you want to feel the midshipmen? Is that what you're telling me? No, I want—for a change, oh, it's okay. the Orioles, not—you know, been, been, been in Annapolis. If you grease the pole and get to the top, you're, is, the, you're the champion. Is that a reference you can explain to me when I get older? I, I can. Okay. It involves a six and a nine. Jeez. But would Nate McClouth hit it? Uh, Nate McClouth definitely hit the sticky pole. I thought thought that was cool. Um, You know, the Orioles have some sort of basically marketing arrangement with the Naval Academy. Uh, But I'm I'm all for it. Seems fun. Yeah. Uh, Promotional schedule was released. Uh, Jake, what is one item on here that you absolutely must go get? Well, uh, my son Henry will riot. 
and you will never hear from me again, nor be able to find these several places where pieces of my body are left if he doesn't get one of those arm sleeves. What is an arm sleeve? It's like, uh, do you remember uh, Melvin Mora always had one arm in a sleeve? Like a compression sleeve? Yeah. This is that without the compression part. It's it's fashion at its highest. Form. What? Yeah. 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 It's this, all the rage in the This the making any sense to me. Henry is super, super into it. So, um, yeah, the fact that they're giving away one for free will be those idiots there, you know, an hour before the game or whatever, because he's got to get one. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, there were a couple other cool things. Uh, I think it'll be interesting uh, to see the Brooks Robinson replica jersey. I, I always love the replica jerseys. Um, I think they do a pretty good job with the jerseys, period. Um, you know, they're they're you can wear those out and not make it, you know, feel like a Brad Bergeson t-shirt. Right. Um, the other thing I'm really interested to see is they've got two dates on the schedule that are the hundredth anniversary. Uh, one is a hundredth anniversary of the Negro leagues. And I think they're giving away a, a Baltimore elite giants replica hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is a celebration of the hundredth anniversary of the 19th amendment. Oh, this is like the repealing of prohibition, right? <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh, no. this is the one that you can bear arms if you form a militia. That's that's the one. That's got to be it. Um, <laughs> send all your hate mail to Scott at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see what they did with that. Um, you know me. I would like it to be League of Their Own Centric, but that's... They've done that before. Not, I know. I just... I want it every year. I want it every year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've also got a, a an Orioles soccer jersey on the schedule. What? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Orioles soccer jersey. Hmm. I guess the UK uh, Boy Scouts are going to be coming back in again. You know, I didn't think about that. I, I have no idea what this is. I, I wrote it down with a bunch of question marks. One, uh, just aesthetically, it could be cool looking. Could Two, be. if they do tie that in with the Santander yeah. fan club. Yeah. Woo. I'm a little I'm, champion league and uh, get the UK fans coming in. I'm... Uh, I'm very interested to see see what happens there. But you know, look, most of the stuff is back. There's the the knit cap, the I assume the Hawaiian shirt's back. The, the, yeah, all Hawaiian the, shirts all back. All the standards. Yeah. Um these are just the ones that I, I looked at and went, hmm, all right. So there's one that I'm interested in, but I don't know any details about. I don't know, I'll I'll elaborate further. Lay it on me. So as a season ticket holder, um they are coming out with a new package. It's called Berlin Rewards. So you get a certain amount of points, basically, depending on the seniority, how much money you spent. See, aren't you glad I'm stupid enough to still want them? No, this is still a dumb idea. But uh, there is one thing in there. It is a Berlin Rewards hat, like a baseball cap, that is only for Berlin Rewards members. And I'm very interested to see what this cap is, because as an individual Jake English that enjoys hats, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if it's a really unique hat that only a few select people have? Yeah, but if it's four Oriole season ticket holders in this time, it's basically the 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 arrow pointing to the I'm with stupid shirt, right? But if you have that hat and then they become good again, it is a permanent mark of I was there during one of the worst seasons possible. I feel like we are in a time and a place. And then you can wear your arm sleeve at the same time. <laughs> Is that I, I feel like we're in a time and a place where people are pointing out just how foolish they are with hats, and uh, and I'm, I'm uncomfortable with how I might uh, participate in that. Here's my counter argument to this, and I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, how big were jerseys uh, during the dark ages? They were big, yeah, 
Yeah. How big were jerseys even during 2012 and 2013? Yep, 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 yep. Can we imagine the aspect of how many people went out and wanted to get the pie shirts or the Nate McLeod bass banded shirts sure. and everything yep, like that? Yep, yep. So, Jake, um, if we're really going to point out the aspect of people looking ridiculous in Orioles gear, I think we can look into your wardrobe and specifically point at numerous ones. We are at the point in the year where my laundry becomes almost exclusively orange. Sarah hates hates why it, it's so much easier to sort that's true it's so much easier to sort let me just put a shovel over here with all the orange clothes jake these are your clothes to wash you know what uh you remember when you mentioned the uh the pie shirts when, when they created their own when yeah. the players created their own i think they need to bring that back because i would love for them to make shirts and then like five years later us go wait a minute who's that yeah Who, who's this again oh brad bergerson how we miss you. Um, okay, Jake, um, let's talk actual baseball. What are your big questions to be answered in the spring while you're watching the Orioles play? Oh, you mentioned the Orioles. I thought we were going to talk about baseball. We are talking about baseball. Oh, okay. Do, the Orioles do play baseball, just not well. Okay. Well, we, we touched on one of them already, and that's Alex Cobb. Yeah. I'm curious to see how healthy Alex Cobb can be this season, and I, I need that only for somebody to chew up innings. Okay. Um, you know, John Means was a delightful surprise last year. But outside of that, you know, it was really just throwing uh, pitchers into the machine. You know, at the point in which we have openers, not because we're trying to sequence series or get somebody a little bit of rest for a stretch run, but because we don't have any pitchers, mm-hmm. you know, we're clearly in trouble. We're going to give a lot of auditions this season but when we're not auditioning i would love to know that there's one guy that we know is going to go every fifth day and give us you know five innings at least and we don't have to think about it i would love for him to get back to that point i haven't said anything about how effective he is how many wins he gets you know any of his stats i i almost don't care about that i just want him to be a warm body do you think he can be a warm body almost certainly not okay but i'm hoping i'm hoping who By you, the way, how do you low think gets, have we set this bar? <laughs> who do you think is more of the workhorse this year? Do you think it's John Means or do you think it's Alex Cobb? I think it is more likely to be Means from a health standpoint. Okay. And even if he encounters a sophomore slump, I think that it is highly unlikely, no matter how he performs, that he can lose his job as one of the five starters on the club. Okay. That's fine. I think the more interesting question is, do you think you'll get more innings from Alex Cobb or A-Watch? Uh, I think we're going to get more innings from Alex Cobb. I hope you're right. But I'm not... I wouldn't put money on it. I'm not sure. I would not put money on it either. Um, like I said, I'm still waiting to see uh, what other starting pitchers uh, the Orioles come across. Sure. Because we know it's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, they say they, they used to say, well, you need eight starting pitchers. Correct. We need 80. We need four starting <laughs> pitchers right now. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, rule five pitchers. Uh, one of them is predominantly in the starting rotation right now with the uh, selection of Brendan Bailey, uh, rule five draft pick from the Houston Astros. I'm sorry, the Houston Asterix. Um, so do you think Brandon Bailey actually makes it um, and actually stays in the roster the whole season? Yes. Do you think he stays in the rotation the entire season? 
Um, let me put it this way. I think he will at least be a swingman. Okay. The whole season. So you think that he may go back and forth between the bullpen and starting pitching? Yes. Okay. Let me ask you about Darius Rucker. Oh, I'm sorry. Michael Rucker, Rule 5 draft pick from the Chicago Cubs. I'm trying desperately to think of Hootie uh, lyrics, and I just I just can't. <laughs> uh, do you think Michael Rucker has any chance of potentially being a starting pitcher? Uh, any chance? Any chance. Sure. I'm not talking like a starter. I'm talking like going five innings. Uh, on any other club? Probably not. Okay. In the land of opportunity that is Baltimore? Maybe. But I think if he sticks with this club, he's probably in the bullpen. Okay. Um. So Brandon Bailey going back and forth. Out of every other pitcher that we currently have, you know, that's probably going to make the active 26-man roster, who else do you consider to be that fifth, sixth starter at this time? I mean... I don't want to cop out here, but like all of them, you know, I, I, can't. Michael Givens. <laughs> no, not quite. But you Dick know, Flyer. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. No, no, not really. Jim Johnson. <laughs> He's going to land as Porcello one of these days. No, my, my point is like, look outside of John means who I, again, I think they're going to give all the innings to regardless and Alex Cobb, who, dear Lord, I, I hope he stays healthy. Like, outside of those two guys, like, they're all going to be, you know, the back end of the rotation and swappable. All right. I gr- agree with you. And I think this is the season we're going to see Miguel Castro continue to make starts. I think we're going to see Sean Armstrong continue to make starts. And like I said, I do think that there will be um, another starting pitcher picked up um, probably in the next two to three weeks. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, but I, I think, and again, I, I'd have to look and see who's got options and who doesn't. But you know, we just it's a saw, good thing I have that up right now. We just saw Miguel Castro has one option right now, and Sean Armstrong has no options left. What about guys like Hess and um, oh, I don't know. David Hess has one option remaining. Okay, uh, Cole Sulcer. Cole Sulcer has three options remaining. Yeah. Uh, Dean Creamer, you know, I... Dean Creamer is too good to be up with the team for a a prolonged period of time. You don't think that come second half of the season, he's a possibility of being in the rotation because everybody else is dead? Uh, I I mean, maybe. Maybe for like three or four starts, but like not for a long time. Like he might get like 30 innings pitched um, uh, up in the majors, in my opinion. What about Aiken? Uh, Aiken could, I think Aiken and Kramer are similar is the best way to put it. Okay. Um, I, I think, and, and by the way, total validity to what you just right. said, you might be right, but yeah. this is how I read it as, um, these guys could very well come up when the first line that makes it out of spring falters and, you know, if they're good enough, they'll get some starts and if they're not, they'll get a taste and they'll go back. I guess the question is. I'm going to preface this with, and I think this is a great question. What has me so excited is actually topics just like this with Kramer and Aiken, because no longer are we in a sunk season. But now we have to also start thinking about not just 2020, but going forward. So like, I look at someone like Kramer, and I look at someone like Aiken, and I say to myself, that's an individual that is number 11th currently in your orgs, and 14th as Aiken is right now in, in, in your org rankings. So I think to myself, even if they're not a starting pitcher, 
they're more than likely a similar situation like a Dick Blyer or a Michael Givens where they could be an excellent bullpen arm. So my question is, do you bring them up and basically waste service time for them? Or do you say, it's not worth it, we're going to in essence develop them, and then coming into next year, we're going to basically say they are going to be the quote-unquote cavalry, and we're going to throw them out there and see what happens. First of all, never call them. <laughs> never call them that again. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. It'll be interesting to see how this regime handles that. Right. Something I think is super exciting is that for the first time, I'm less concerned about them uh, becoming the Cavalry 2.0. Um, because when we look at the young pitchers that came up before, you know, the question was, oh, did we rush them? Did we yo-yo them? Did sure. that stunt their growth? Well, to be honest with you, they weren't getting the development that they needed in the minors. They weren't getting anything as far as development in the majors. They were just being thrown to the wolves. And maybe they weren't that good in the first place, mm-hmm. right? I feel like with the Elias regime, there's a better chance that they've done their homework and have picked more, you know, talent and haven't managed to screw that up along the way or, or are less likely to have screwed that up along the way. I would actually come back and even say, just looking at some of the bumps that we saw specifically with several of the prospects basically moving up the boards, I would even come back and say, it's not just about them screwing up or doing better as it is in relation to drafts and or trades, but it's also how some of these players have, in essence, improved, specifically in terms of how they're approaching it. You know, we had the situations with, you know, Zach Britton coming out, Kevin Gossman coming out, having conversations where, you know, the Orioles, in essence, did not give them the right information, starting through the minors, going all the way through the majors. Um, And I certainly think that's starting to change. I don't know if it's perfect, but just looking at some of the peripheral tools that are being used in the organization, as it were, is reassuring. Now, tools are one thing. You've got to do do it with the right data and everything like that. But certainly looking at um, some of the development efforts that we saw in terms of velocity upticks, um, but also Ks per walk ratios that we saw in the minor leagues last year, it's really encouraging to me to see what happens. And I think that we could see something with Creamer or Aiken, and maybe they have a really good first half of the season, and maybe the Orioles say, we're going to pull them up, you know, come August and just see what they have to, what they could give to us so that we can better be prepared going into 2021 to know how this rebuild is going to look. And maybe it's not 2022 or 2023, but it's really 24, 25 in order to get this ready. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they make the determination of not how long we can keep them, but rather will it be better for them to have major league service time from an experience standpoint when we're good. Correct. I mean, because you've already got D.L. Hall and you've got Grayson Rodriguez, who, in essence, are going to be your number one and number two. So the question is, you know, is Creamer, is, you know, Aiken, uh, Cole Stewart, are they going to be um, your three, four, five? Um, And they don't have to be. I mean, they can be bullpen arms. Um, But they, they certainly are not going to be number ones and number twos. So I just think it's really important that we look at this and say, let's just not throw them out there as starting pitchers. Let's make sure that we are utilizing them in the right subspace as it were from a service time standpoint in order to be competitive so that we can spend the money accordingly in 22 or 23 on players that can get you over the edge. I have serious regrets. I have serious regrets. Um, you know, I, I made all those stupid Oriole Valentines and I didn't use Aiken in order to, to pun his name. Well, maybe when he comes up and makes a debut, you can pull him out next year. <sighs> it just makes me sad. All right, uh, let's move on. Ryan Mountcastle. 
Yeah. Where in the field will he play, and when will he be ready to be in Baltimore? Um, you're not going to like this answer. All right. Um, Jake, I think there is a personal favorite that may not make the club this year. Okay. I think it's a possibility that Ryan Mountcastle may make the team over Anthony Santander. Oh. I was not prepared for that name. You said favorite, and I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. Uh-huh. But then, Scott, you you hurt me. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to show somebody on the doll, and it's not going to go well for you, sir. It's not going to go well. You you don't think that Santander will make it out of well, Scott? Who's if not Santander? Who's going to back up Stevie Wilkerson in center? Um, Austin Hayes. All right, there's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird to have real outfields? Okay, yeah. so you think that Santander uh, doesn't make the club that Mountcastle does? Uh, I think it's a possibility. Okay, I, I'm okay. not saying it's a great possibility. Yeah, don't let me don't let me put words. But in uh, but I am saying that um, I, it would not shock me uh depending on how the spring goes it would not shock me if they cut everybody and held open auditions and they're just like you know what we're just gonna make this happen <laughs> all right so mount castle you think is an outfielder i think mount castle is a left fielder okay just like anthony santander is a left fielder what do you say to the folks that that say that mount castle should be trained up to play a position where we have a need now like say left field second base <laughs> I, I don't see ryan mountcastle as a second baseman i see him as a dh who gets trained to play somewhere on the fly uh, i see him as a i see him as a luke scott i see him as a first baseman dh left fielder um that you basically throw him out there and just say you're not gonna be great but we're not putting you out there for your defense try to be decent and uh, we want your bat you know what that means? What's that? We get to keep the change. I was thinking he was going to be extremely racist. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll find we'll out. We'll find out. All right. So you're telling me that uh, so, you tell he me might that, have something to say about valet parking. <laughs> you're telling me, like, and not, it is down against not, the wall. He's not going to be invited back to the, the celebration no. when they win the World Series. Um, so you're telling me that the Orioles have spent all this money on replica. Or, or on, on uh, Orioles soccer jerseys. Get it together, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> My mind was just going in seven directions <laughs> at once. You're telling me that the Orioles just spent all this money to, to get Orioles uh, soccer jerseys for Santander, and he's not even going to make the club. We don't know if it is actually for Anthony Santander. It might be for Nato Nunez. Um, it could be for um, Jose Iglesias. You know, it could be for anybody. You're assuming... That we're going to do Champion League and Premier League. It could be, you know, CONCACAF. By the way, with Iglesias on the team, Enrique Iglesias night. Let's make it uh, absolutely. happen. Absolutely. All right. Uh, where, where the heck were we? Ryan Mountcastle. Aren't you, gl- aren't you glad we're back, <laughs> folks? Ryan Mountcastle, you think he'll play in left field. You think it's possible that he he makes the club out of, out of the spring? I think it's a possibility, yes, depending on how well he does. But this year, definitely. I think we'll see Ryan Mountcastle on the 26-man roster at some point this season, um, probably pending uh, a DFA or probably pending a DFA. All right. Uh, you mentioned DFA. Yeah. Scott, I've saved the worst for last. Sure. Let's have the discussion. We must. Okay. Chris Davis. Yeah. Can he be 
and let me see if I can word this carefully. <clears throat> can he be a passable, passable facsimile of a Major League Baseball player in 2020? Um, so we covered this last year. Um, and the year before. And the year. Chris Davis is um, has been a bald out, in my opinion. Um, there is no saving grace for him. He is who he is. In some instances, he will be good for a few select games, row game after game upon game. But Chris Davis is who he is, and um, it's not going to change. So he's not going to be a passable MLB player. He is going to have a negative war, um, and he's going to be god-awful. You award him no points. I award him no points. Um, and again, we're just going to have to figure out how long the Orioles allow this to continue on. Okay. How long do they allow this to go on? Well, if you remember from Fantasy Boss last year, I said they're not going to let it go past uh, the All-Star June game. June 15th. First it was June 15th. Yeah, and I took it to the All-Star game. Uh, so I'm still holding out that aspect. By June 15th, Chris Davis will no longer be on this team. Of 2020? Of 2020. Okay. All right, we'll of see um, I think there's a possibility. And again, you know, talk, looking at the comments that Chris made in terms of, you know, whether or not he actually really want to come back and he thinks that he's a serviceable baseball player, I still feel like there's a good opportunity for, for Chris and the Orioles to come to kind of some agreement. So I think there's a buyout option here in terms of it. And I think it's a really good option as well for him to potentially walk away under with a buyout option, but still be a cultural and a community facilitator going forward. Um, we obviously know the contributions that he's made to like University of Maryland and stuff like that. I think it's a great opportunity for him and the Orioles to kind of come together and say, I'm going to have my contract buy out. The remainder of the contract is going to be going to special interest within the community and the Orioles and myself are going to be overseeing distribution of those funds for the next year, few years. Hmm. What a, what a delightfully optimistic look at how that could work out. Absolutely. I'm very optimistic, specifically of he would not be on the field anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Chris Davis, the human, I, you know, I He's want, just like a Baldo. Yeah. I want this the to The individual work out. as yes. a human, wonderful personality, great guy, probably a great team player, absolutely horrible when he goes onto the field. I'm, He's like Jake English on the softball field. Great guy, wonderful personality. How dare you say that about him? That's terrible. <laughs> Don't kick a guy when he's down. That's true. I should not compare you to Chris Davis. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the human, I, I want I want this to work for him. You know, I want him to be better. But, boy, howdy, it's hard to watch. Okay. So, spring training is, uh, it's been fun. Um, you already stole my thunder on the next question. Yeah. Which personal favorite you think is unlikely to make the club? You think, you, you think it may be Santander? I think it might be Santander. All right. Uh, for me... I think it's most likely Stevie Wilkerson doesn't make the club. Um, I can guarantee you Stevie Wilkerson does not make the club to start. And and listen, that's great for the Orioles. The fact that they have better, you know, 26 guys than Stevie Wilkerson. And I say 26 because that includes the pitching staff. But the, the fact they've got better 26 guys than Stevie Wilkerson says good things. However, man, it sucks for him. He gave his all last year, right? Anything they asked him to do, he did it. And And frankly, he did it pretty well. You know, look at that catch. Look at that catch he made in Boston. Don't you grimace at me. Look at the catch he made at Boston. The fact that he would go up there on the mound. He did everything. He played center field. The dude's a middle infielder who didn't didn't deserve to sniff the majors. And when a horrible, horrible This is club, like saying, like, 
Tom Maddy used to play for the Colts, and you know he would do anything possible. And you know we hold him. And you now this is the Baltimore mindset of like let's hold people that are in accolade because they do something unique and different. No, he's a he's not a good baseball player. Like just because they're saying hey go out there and do it, that's the only way he is actually able to hold a job. Right. Like what a bummer for him though to go from doing that to not being good enough to make absolutely. The play. How much of a bummer is it for him to basically be like hey here is a major league contract for you know, at least a half a million dollars. You know, I'm sorry that you had to suffer through that last year. <laughs> that was very brave of you. It was very brave of you. <laughs> he just got the half a million dollars by sitting too close to Chris Davis, and yeah. it just kind of fell out of his pocket. No, I mean, he, and the thing is, like, Steve Wilkerson will uh, get up again. Again, he's got three options remaining. Um, He, he will be here. Uh, like, he's going to pop back up on the roster occasionally. Hey, Steve Wilkerson's my dad. I'm Stevie, all right? Yeah, but Steve Wilkerson is... Not a great player. Well, okay. Let's just call it. Call no, a spade a spade. You're right. That's true. But a favorite of mine. Well, you Bec- got because poor taste. I'm, because I'm stupid. Yeah, you have poor taste. All right, last question on spring training that I have for you, Scotty. Sure. Last year, you know, it, it's hard to remember, but there were some pleasant surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about John Means. I'm not sure that he's going to be the next Greg Maddox or whatever, but he was better than, than we expected. Yes. Uh, I would argue Alberto. Hanser Alberto was much better than I thought he was going to be. Much better. And I don't know that either of those two guys can do it again. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what? Let me take one more. I think Renato Nunez. I would agree. Who should not be anywhere allowed anywhere near a glove. But Renato Nunez was much better than I was expecting. Agreed. So is there a Means or an Alberto or a Nunez on this spring roster? And there are only like 7,000 to choose from. Sure. So, you know, look with care. Uh, so my kind of individual that I think is going to outperform everything is actually Jose Iglesias. Um, I think Jose Iglesias is not going to do it so much with the bat. I think he'll have average numbers, like a 320 on base percentage. But I do think that he's going to have some really great plays at shortstop this year. Um, and I think kind of solidifying that, um, middle defense is something that's going to get the Orioles back, um, to, you know, where we were hoping to see them. Um, when we had folks like J.J. Hardy or Manny Machado out there at shortstop. Okay. I I hope you're right. Um, and I, I've seen very little of this guy. Everyone raves about his glove. Everybody. Yeah. Here's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. And th- th- this is me. This is because I've watched this team for too long. I, I realize this is a fault of myself. But when I see, you know, a, a one-year deal with an option for a guy like Iglesias, I think Alex Cintron. Mm. You know, I'm I'm just worried that it's uh it's going to be the type of situation where we can't even hold it down. I'm I'm hoping he'll be fine. Yeah, I'm just hoping one year deal and being like, all right, it's Nelson Cruz. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think anybody on the roster is going to surprise me the way those three guys did last year. So can I set the expectational bar a little bit lower? Sure. Um, I'm hoping. That Rio Ruiz can turn himself into a not regular but frequent player. Okay. And what I mean by that is um, uh, Chris, oh, shoot, number 14. He was an infielder. Uh, if I were better, I would know this right off. We used to have a, uh, we used to have a, a basically utility infielder uh, during the dark ages. Played, Jeff Rebelay. No, played everywhere around the diamond. Oh, this is going to kill me. 
third to first. Um, Chris something. Number 14. Nope. Don't remember. Doofy looking white guy. Anyway, <laughs> he wasn't a starter, right? Yeah. But he got starts. Okay. He played in enough positions that every time somebody went down, he was the guy to go to. He was the late inning defensive uh, uh, position player. I think that Rio Rees can be that guy on a on a decent club. Maybe not a great club, mm-hmm. but a decent club. Um, and I think that while we don't have a ton of infield prospects beaten down the door, it would be nice if we had somebody who could capably play a couple positions and and bring you a, a, a bat that's maybe not plus. Um, but were you looking for Chris Gomez? By the uh, way, I was thinking of Chris Gomez. Thank you. No problem. Um, that was. I just typed in "goofy white guy" for the Orioles, and Chris Gomez came right he up. He was the so. only one. Huh? <laughs> He's the only one. Anyway, I'm hoping that Rio Ruiz will be my. Huh? That's surprising. I yeah, that turned out better than I thought. Yeah. Candidate. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I think another player that I think is going to have a better than expected season is going to be Chancisco this season. Really? I think maybe not so much behind um, the plate, but if you're looking for someone that could come in and play that second base position um, outside of Mountcastle, I think we may see Chancisco over at second base at least one time this season. No, I, I think that was uh, I think it was Matt Weeders who played second base during BP. Yeah, I think we may see Chancisco um, with a few fun games. Is the best way to put it. Now, are you referring to future backup to Adley Rutschman, uh, Chancisco? Um, no. <laughs> I honestly think Pedro Severino is going to be the backup to Adley Rutschman. I think the, when when that happens, when that happens, um, I think Chancisco needs to find a home somewhere and i think the orioles are going to do everything in their power to figure out what chances could can do outside of catching oh oh you mean on on the field of camden yards not at another stadium yes okay yeah okay yeah all right well he, hopefully he maybe has... at another stadium too if someone really wants him but I don't, I don't think anyone is in hot pursuit for chances go scotty that's what we have going on here for spring training thank god we have baseball to talk about um but you know we talked a little earlier in the program about uh, Matt Kremnister's tweet, and I want to pull the pin. Let's talk about it. All right, Scotty. So the tweet said, uh, you know... I really like uh, Dwight Smith Jr. Yeah, Dwight Smith Jr. I just wish that he could be, you know, a better fielder. Gosh, I wish he would be a better fielder, right. a fielder too. And and when I read that, I thought to myself, you could say that about like half the guys on this club or, or something like that. I mean, it's basically a Mad Lib. And then it came to me. Scott, we need Baltimore Orioles Mad Libs. Mm-hmm. This is a must. So if you'll allow us, dear listener... Um, we have a couple of Orioles Mad Libs that, that we want to share with you. Um, and Scotty, can I, can I just, uh, go for it. Okay. Here's what I need you to do. I'm going to need, uh, some information first and then I'll plug them all into the Mad Lib. This is how okay. this works. Okay. Um, so here, I don't have anything to write. One on second. Or... Let me go ahead and just put this into the fax machine. We need, uh, <laughs> 
We need Sam and Alan talking about the Telemex 3000 or whatever. Okay, Scotty, I need an underperforming Orioles pitcher. Um, Michael Givens. Okay. <laughs> All right. I need a pitch that any Major League Baseball pitcher should be able to throw. Uh, a fastball. All right. Fastball. I need an endearing trait that has nothing to do with baseball. Uh, I'm going to go with eating hot dogs. Eating hot dogs. All right. I like uh, a man who can handle his wieners. And now I need a, a pitching stat. Uh, I'm going to go with whip. whip. I'm surprised that that's your choice, but okay. So here's my, I want to see what the wordplay looked like with the word whip in there. Mm, no, no. Be disappointed. All right. Here's my Orioles. My first Orioles Mad Lib. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. I wish. Michael Givens could just get his fastball over the plate more often. He is really good at eating hot dogs, but he could really improve on his whip. Mm. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I could see uh, multiple things in there, which you could uh, put in there. Sure. All right. Mine are a little bit more simplistic because there's a, a multitude of things. Look, uh, ad libs or mad libs are, are for all skills. Right. right? Absolutely. Uh, Any so, age. So, Jake, this is my Matt Albers mad lib. Okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, I need you to give me a name of a player. Name of a player. All right. Um, how about Hunter Harvey? All right. So, this would be if it's a Matt Albers mad lib, it was, I really wish that blank wasn't so fat. Why is he so fat? So, I really wish that Hunter Harvey wasn't so fat. Why is he so fat? I see. I see what you've done there. Yeah. I, I like, okay. I like where that's gone. Yeah. Scott, I need some information from you. Okay. I'm going to write these down. This is super important. Focus. Are you with me? Yes. Scott, give me a defensive miscue. Um, how about ball through the legs? Ball through legs. Okay. Uh, Scotty, give me a venereal disease. Uh, the clap. By the way, if you don't isolate the the uh, sound of Scotty, give me a venereal disease. What are we even doing, are we doing in this here? podcast? <laughs> All right, um, give me a verb that ends in ing. Um, let's go with drinking. Ooh, I like that one. And lastly, a word or a phrase that describes something that smells bad. Uh, Jake English. Okay. <laughs> I don't like you anymore. We're supposed to be doing this as like middle school boys, right? Right. Okay, just want to make sure. All right. When the Orioles lose the game by having a ball go through their legs, it makes me feel like I'm eating the clap. I try to make myself better by saying that this team is drinking for next year. But deep down inside, I know that they're just as bad as Jake English. Gotcha. That's pretty good. That was the most sensible one we had so far. It is. It started with a clap and ended with me. Uh, so, Jake, um, the next one is the NRI. Hmm. So I need you to give me a name of a free agent. Okay. Any free agent. Any free agent that's available right now. Bartolo Colon. Perfect. I need you to give me... Um, a type of activity that is done 
within baseball. So you're referring to a baseball activity, not like sobbing, which is something we would do. You can put sobbing down. All right, let's do sobbing because I I view that as a baseball activity. And I need to give me a uh, financial figure. It can either be a number or it can also be um, a barter object. I see. So Warren Buffett wouldn't be a financial figure. No. Okay. Um, A financial figure. Or it could Uh, be an item of bartering too. All right. 13 oxen. All right. So we have, I really wish the Orioles would have invited Bartolo Colon to camp. He could have easily made the 26-man roster. He is very good at sobbing and could have been had for the cost of 13 oxen. I like where this is going. Yeah. All right. Um, Scotty, uh, here's the information I need from you. Uh, give me the name of another baseball team. Uh, the Cleveland Indians. All right. Indians. Uh, name a famous disaster. Uh, the Hindenburg. Hindenburg. Nice. Oh, the humanity. Um, give me a name for a guy who's probably going to be on the Norfolk shuttle and will get DFA'd at some point. Miguel Castro. <laughs> Miguel Castro. <laughs> Um, all right. Give me a poor batting result. Uh, golden sombrero. And now give me a close final baseball score. Uh, three to two, three to two. Okay. Here's your mad lip. Okay. I am really jealous of fans of the Cleveland Indians. They often don't feel like they've just watched the Hindenburg. If only Miguel Castro hadn't gotten a golden sombrero, we would have only lost three to two. Wow. I guess they really put Miguel Castro back out there at, at shortstop with Michael Givens. Look, if they're going to fail, I'm going to fail, Scott. That's what's, that's what's happening here. It wasn't well constructed, I admit, but, uh, I got what I wanted from the Hindenburg. Yeah. All right, last one. Uh, this goes into the last one, which is the truth. Uh, so, Jake, I need you to name a player on the Orioles roster that rhymes with Schmishmavis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, can I can I just look at the Orioles uh, roster page? Because I you're going to need it for the next question I'm too. Drawing a blank. Yes. Schmishmavis. Yes. It rhymes uh, with Schmishmavis. Schmish. Schmishmavis. Um, I'm sorry. Do you mean the deputy? I do mean the deputy. Okay. Yes. Well, let me go ahead and put this one down. The I, deputy. And I need two more individuals um, on the roster. Any individuals? Any individuals. Of of note? Of not note? Uh, anybody. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Richie Martin Jr. Okay. Um, This is important. I don't want to screw this up. How about Paul Fry? Okay. So I really wish that Chris Davis would just retire, quit, or move on so we could see more of Richie Martin or Paul Fry at first base. They've got to be better. See, you did that better than me. <laughs> you were paying attention when you were giving instructions. <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, folks, this is important. This is important because, frankly, crap like this is the only thing it's going to get us through. Uh, so I need your Orioles 2020, uh, Mad Libs. Maybe you'll be inspired as you watch a game and the only thing to keep you, 
uh, sobbing with Bartolo Colon is to enjoy a little uh, Mad Lib Gallows humor. So tweet them out at us, at BirdsEyeViewBL. You can email, you can send a carrier pigeon, do whatever you must, but give us all, all of the Mad Libs. With that, it's time for us to blow the save. Jake, as we kick off another season of Bird's Eye View, I just want to say thanks. We've been doing this since 2012, and um, we've seen a lot of podcasts come and go. Baltimoreans were looking at you. Spastics were looking at you. Orioles Uncensored were looking at you. But it's great to be able to get into the room together talk Orioles baseball and again it's the folks like you that are listening to this uh, that make us want to actually do this on a day in and day out basis so folks it's going to be another long season but we're going to try to be a little bit more positive than we were last season and hey you know just like Kevin Brown we're in this together correct so folks buckle up it's going to be a rocky ride but um, it's going to be a fun one and it's going to be great to see certain players um, that are in the minors come up and um, starting to finally form that nucleus that could potentially spur the Orioles to the next playoff push. All right, man. Here's to season nine. Cheers. Cheers. And hopefully I don't die of this. Uh, Rolling rock? rock. Yeah. yeah. Can't and, promise you that. Hey, Scotty, before we get out of here, uh, I just want to throw out a quick plug to a, a friend of the show. Um, Jovial J, who you all may or may not know, is the just nicest human being on the planet. One of the ways he expresses that is by uh, continuing to lend his voice uh, as the voice of the bevies every year. Only person that listens to it. Despite the fact that I continue to give him his his notes later and later and later. And you're very anal about the way he does certain things. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm incredibly particular about many things, and, and he's very good at it. Yes. Anyway, Jovial J, good friend of the program— uh, has a podcast of his own, and now he's got another podcast of his own. So he's own. doing two now. Yeah, you may you may know Jovial J uh, from his podcast Jedi Journals, uh, which I believe is the uh, longest uh, Star Wars literature podcast in the galaxy, uh, the longest running. Um, but now he's got a podcast called Superhero Suite, and uh, this is a podcast devoted um, to comics and and other superhero um, media. And if you listen, if you're into that kind of thing, you may recognize a voice that was lent uh, for their intro. Um, I highly recommend that that you uh, go out and listen. Again, it's called Superhero Suite. It's part of the Retro Zap Podcast Network. You can find it on all the places you get your podcasts. Um, But more importantly, if you uh, bump into Jovial J, um, you know, in real life, buy him a beer. He's a good dude. And that... That is our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify, and many others. 
please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback and encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. But the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeviewbal. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I bid you a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. So how excited are you for opening day this season? Super excited. Super excited? Super excited. Eight tickets this season. Yeah. Regardless of how terrible the team is, that is a high holy day. Do not try to bring any negativity on opening day. Yeah. I'm going to start with my baseball beer, and I'm going to end probably with sadness. Is it going to be a, enjoy is it. It gonna be a rolling rock? No way. <laughs> still here? It's over. Go home. Go.